Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the What's up, everybody? We are sending off the 2019 year with big middle finger. I'm just kidding. Welcome to Light the Fight Podcast. <laughs> oh, we are happy about 2019. <laughs> it wasn't that bad of a year. I was going to say the double bird, but the double thumbs up. Double thumbs up. Yeah, that's, that's right. the, the double thumbs up. No, this is going to be um, our last podcast of the year. And so Heidi and I were talking about, like, let's tell everybody they should... Two better New Year's resolutions. Everybody pick 10 things that you're going to completely change about yourself. But to be totally honest, I don't <laughs> think we could one-up last year's version of this podcast. No, it was last so year's, good. Last year's version of the whole entire New Year's resolution podcast. Yes, go listen to it again. It's called Building Bridges. Yeah, that that one was a good one. We, you know, we usually determine the the good podcast based upon <laughs> your feedback and the download numbers not our opinions so we're based upon it was a really <laughs> that good one, one based was upon both that one was both yeah good. and we enjoy it too yeah i think a lot of times we just start talking and then we're looking at each other and going i just yeah i know yeah i didn't think about that <laughs> so we're right there with you we're half listener half host basically <laughs> that's right um but we want to give a big shout out before we get started to our sponsor teencounseling.com backslash ltf to get your first month 10% discount. You guys, don't think about it. Do it. TeenCounseling.com has found a way to provide therapy and counseling matched up for your individual needs as a family and for the needs of your teenager, all in the easily accessible device called a cell phone. Well, technically, <laughs> you could use a laptop too. But imagine FaceTime accessibility in counseling, both with yourself and a therapist, your teen and therapist, teencounseling.com will get you matched up with a therapist that's going to meet your needs. And also that therapist doesn't have to be within driving distance because there's not a lot of therapist options in your area. So go to teencounseling.com backslash LTF, which stands for light the fight to get your 10% discount. You guys give it a try. It's worth the effort, especially if you have not had success with traditional counseling or if you just need some sort of bridge to get your kids something about the phone in their hand they're not scared of. I've never given a teenager a phone and they go, what is this? What do I do with this? How do I talk to people? What's the purpose of this? Do do I touch it? Do I look at it? (laughs) No, they know what to do. Teencounseling.com has learned how to help your teenagers using the technology and the world they are familiar and comfortable with. Because let's face it, we just need to get them the help that they need. And we got to be unconventional, but sometimes unconventional is evolution. Like that's what we have to do to push this forward. We all need help. And I think this is a great resource. And so does Heidi. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We also want to give a big shout out to our community sponsor, which is 1-800-CONTACTS. Um, not only are they the world leader. I don't really know that if they're the world leader. Well, their contacts don't suck. They're pretty dang awesome. They're amazing. And no. their customer service is just as amazing. Yeah. They really care. Um, and if they also don't just do contacts. So check them out. Um, 
go online, 1-800-CONTACTS, um, worth your while. So we love them. We appreciate that actually they don't really care if we talk about contacts. They just want us out here talking to you about relationships. That's actually what they care about. Um, and that's why we love them. They know that when our families and our communities are stronger, that everybody thrives. And so um, I'm really, I really appreciate their vision as a company. And um, that really translates to just good, just good business. So Absolutely. thank you, 1-800-CONTACTS. Well, let's talk about the year. It's over. Heidi, 2019, what the? It feels like it really went fast. Well, I hear that every year of your life feels that way. Remember eighth grade compared to ninth grade? <laughs> and then 10th grade to 11th grade, 11th grade. Then your senior year, you can't wait to be a senior. And then halfway through the year, no, slow down, pump the brakes. Well, that's not for everybody. Some people are wanting to get out of high school. Regardless of what your senior year was like, it wasn't slow. Great chances are that it went by really quick. Or if it went by slow, it's because you're waiting to get out of the house. But it's a different story. So um, <laughs> let's do a little year in the review. Um, I know for myself, a lot of things happened this year. I look back at all the things that happened this year, both good, bad, and some of the bad things were actually good. And some of the good things actually had some difficult parts to it. So, um, I, yeah, my my, I, I don't even know where to start with this year. How about you, Heidi? Well, you know, you asked me before we started. He, David, was like, "So like thirty seconds before, <laughs> what's the highs and lows?" And and um, you know, this has been. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that it's been a year of transition for me. Um, and, and experience, yeah, some new experiences you've never had this a year. A lot of so. so he, here's one thing that I that I will say that as I transition from, um. I will say perfect mom to was that what you're going to say? <laughs> no, that oh, was damn. not what I was going to say. Try to finish your sentence for you. Continue. <laughs> I think that as I transitioned from survival mode through some healing to a place where I can look back and I and I feel healing, it's caused me to look at the world in a different way. And it's not just like Oh, now I'm better and everything's great. Um, I'm a different human, which affects every aspect of my of my life. Um, there's been a lot of growth in me that I don't know is just like, okay, so I'm getting to be this certain age and <laughs> experiencing some um, limitations in terms of I'm more tired than I used to be. I don't get as much done in a day. Um, but my kids are in a different place. And um, I'm I'm in such a beautiful place with my family relationships. And that doesn't mean that my family relationships are perfect. And that we don't have problems or conflicts or resentments because we do but I have learned so much about I I think allowing myself to be different 
allowing myself to be patient um, and being more present. Um, you know, for a long time, my identity as a crafter has been so overpowering to, I mean, all of us wear a million hats, right? We're all, all these different things. But my identity as a crafter has been very um, dominant in my perception of myself. And you had a lot invested in that part of yourself. What <laughs> <laughs> eggs in that basket? There's folks. a lot of posts that went into that, right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of eggs in that basket. Um and you know, in in my business self, um, it's really hard to be creative when you're sad and when you're struggling. And um and caring when you're sad and struggling. It's really hard to be caring at times. Too. So I just thought I'd throw that one in there for all the moms out you, there. You know, and so, and so here's, here's what's what's happening for me is I'm realizing that my identity as a crafter is non-essential to um, my human, being a human. <laughs> and um, I do love crafting. And I love documenting and telling stories and um as i feel myself healing and getting stronger and having better perspective as i feel myself not being as afraid i feel myself being a little bit different of a person and allowing myself to change and to not only identify as one thing has been equally as hard as it it is freeing and empowering. And um, this year has been an experience of me sort of stretching some other muscles, um, speaking. I've I've done a lot of speaking this year. Um, Finding what is my message? What do I have to say? And maybe even being a little bit surprised by what I have to say and embracing what I have to say rather than being afraid to say it Um, and being okay with being a crafter and being an advocate for better relationships and making adaptations you know specifically as a mom um, so, you know, I don't know. I'm really thankful for this podcast. Even if nobody's listening, <laughs> they tell me people are listening, but, um. Yeah, Heidi never wants to see any numbers about anything because it'll scare or spook her. So yeah, she's don't tell me. I just would rather not pretend know. no one's listening. <laughs> um, I just, I just keep feeling stronger. And I'm going to tell you the word that I feel. Um, I feel clarity. That clarity does not mean that that I have it all figured out. I'm not afraid or that I don't still need to just put one f- step in front of the other. But this clarity that 
um, that the healing is coming through doing the work. And doing the work has created a calm and a clarity. And that calm, and, and when I say doing the work, I mean talking and being open and learning and putting the things that I learn here from you into practice in all my relationships, um, including my relationship with myself, which is probably, if I'm being completely honest, my most fragile relationship. Um, I'm okay with not knowing so much more than I ever have been in my life. And um, so I'm here to learn and I'm here to speak up. And 2020, I have some goals of connecting differently with my crafting audience much more personally and much less surfacey. It feels so good to be curious about something. You know, we talk on this podcast a lot about curiosity and curiosity is so essential and really hard to feel when you're sad. Yeah. When you're sad and hurt and paralyzed, um, Curiosity is not even on your radar. And the fact that I'm starting to feel curious is probably the most, most best, <laughs> the greatest sign of healing that I have felt. That's been not entirely, but I know we've had lots of conversation. That's, it's really had a low pulse throughout the recent years. You really haven't had excessive amounts of curiosity like you said you used to right, have. Right, right. And it's like uh, I've known. to be curious about when you know it's just more crap ahead. <laughs> right. <laughs> no need for curiosity. I know it's. I know what the next turn's gonna You're be. You're just discouraged yeah. and and um. It's taken. It's <laughs> you know. It's taken a long time. It's taken a long time. And that's... Well, curiosity usually comes with something right after it. Taking chances, taking risks. (laughs) Taking action. Taking action. Yeah. Which involves overcoming resistance, which is hard. But um, I know that without talking and learning... There's no healing and growing and no curiosity. So I I think that just these little sparks of curiosity is like it's super reassuring to me. It's like I can hear you saying it like look in the mirror 2020 day one. It's like I'm back, baby. <laughs> hey, I'm we're back. Trying. We're trying. I'm back. <laughs> Throw everything up against the wall, see what sticks. I'm excited. Curious. I'm actually. excited for you too. Yeah. And I, I, I totally get what you're saying out of everything there because, I mean, anyone you know can try and imagine, okay, you, you lose a child, this and that. But unless you've been through that, 
you know, it'd be really difficult to know how much it really stop you in your tracks of your own personal growth because you're trying to make sense of everything for so long. You're like, why did this? What? Like, and so as part of the grieving process, it's, you know, now, you know, gosh, coming on the fifth year, right? It's coming around the corner yeah. for the fifth year in this next year of, you know, of Corey's passing to know that this is a year that you can look forward to because you don't know what's going to happen and you're open to whatever could happen. You're like excited about this exciting to not know versus go, Oh, I know. <laughs> I don't need to worry about that. I know it's going to happen. It's going to be more of this, more of that. And so I'm excited for you because um, that's something that in our conversations has definitely been lacking, missing. And he'd always look at me like, is that thing where you start feeling things again going to come back? Like you feel good <laughs> about things. You're like excited for longer than a couple hours. It's going to come back. I said, yeah. He said, when? I go, eh, <laughs> can't guarantee you the when, but I know it's going to come back. And I can definitely tell, especially in this recent month or so. I could tell, you know, definitely you, see something's been going on. You can't take a pill. That's true. You can't. I used, to, I used to have a shirt that said, I used to care, but now I take a pill for that. <laughs> As a therapist, I got to have funny jokes like that, right? I would. I would yeah. take a pill if it would do it. Like, <laughs> That'd be an I, I'm not afraid. Pill. I'm not afraid. That'd be a very <laughs> expensive pill if they could make that pill. Um, but I think that it's so interesting when you start to realize like all this stuff that we talk about, this relationship, all this relationship mumbo jumbo. It's everything. Amen to that. It's everything. And um, when you can start applying the truths that we talk about here, and the power of those relationships into the things that matter the most to you, then we're going to make some changes. So it's good. 2019. <laughs> There's some, uh, some good notes from that year, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And it's important. You know, I've been writing, writing some things down. Yeah. Question for you with with the whole kids thing. I mean, 2019. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think every single one of your kids went to a different stage in life. That is, that is really true, and and you know, kids kids like they all le went to a different stage of life at the same time. Sometimes you'll have one teenager that goes out of the house. One like they all went okay, ding. They all just took like a. A turn around the merry-go-wheel. will it's like, okay, now they're in a totally spoiler different Spoiler alert, like 2020 is going to just be like the, you know, like even, even more. So. Well, I'm uh, curious This, this mom, This mom's got to got to get it, get her act together is what's got to happen. <laughs> what oh, about man. you, David? Gosh, 2019. Well, you know, it started off with being being sick for like the first month and a half. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice to see you healthy. I know. I'm doing everything I can not to get so sick. This past couple of years, I get really sick during the winter times. Antibiotics and stuff that just really wears me down. So, I remember that, and then I remember my mom passing away and yeah. having the funeral less than 24 hours before I had a big family trip planned. And but she passed away as hard as that was. It was, was hate to see her in pain. Got to go to Hawaii and honor her and, you know, just kind of have my own moment, you know. Yeah. And, and for those of you who are, you know, uh, alumni listeners of the podcast know that when I say my mom, I'm really referring to my grandmother who raised me. And but I was adopted when I was very young by my grandmother and her. Um, she was married. Basically, my grandmother had a daughter and that daughter had me. But she married a different guy afterwards, hence the Kozlowski name. If anyone's ever said he doesn't look Polish because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Mexican and Polynesian, but 
Um, so yeah, just my mom passing away. Tell you what, Heidi, it was really caught me off guard. I didn't expect to happen. I was hoping something would happen. Didn't expect to happen what happened. I mean, Maybe you I'd, also didn't expect to have the feelings that you had. Well, yeah, that that's yeah. I mean, I I I didn't know I had so much tucked away that I wasn't. Man, being a counselor, psychologist, therapist, whatever you want to call it, uh, you're not allowed to fall apart. Well, no, it's just, it's <laughs> you get surprised when you don't see things that are so flipping obvious right in front of your face. And I'm like, how did I not see that? Like, because it's me. Yeah. I can't I can't see I don't have that 3D yeah. on me, you know? And what I didn't see was I had all these amazing memories of love of my grandmother tucked away and hidden from me. And when she passed away, they came back to the surface and I was able to love her in a way that for some reason I could not love her that way when she was alive. And you know, she wasn't the worst grandmother or mom she was the worst mom um but there was enough psychological and emotional pain and struggles and then um after she passed away i've okay first of all listeners i need a little just laugh with me for a second have any of you ever had a parent pass away and then after they pass away out of the blue family members and people start sharing things that would have been really good to know when they were alive. <laughs> like things I would want to talk to them about. Now I'm getting this information and I'm sitting here going, okay, so apparently I'm not a family therapist by accident. But some of it, I'm not going to lie, Heidi, and I can't, I, I wish I could share this on the podcast. I can't. But a couple of things I've, I've learned, and I don't even know if they're true or not, it, it's been really, really difficult for me to wrap my head around. Mm. And I don't get to ask them. I can't talk to them. So now I'm like trying to go through this grieving stuff and only have more stuff from the past come up. If it is true, it makes a whole lot of sense. But I, sw I really hope it's not true. But I just don't know. And so so this year has been a trip for me. I mean, I went from like, I don't know why is this wall between me and my parents there. And then after my dad passed away, it's like all these memories came back. That's why I said I was surprised that I didn't know this can happen. Because when my dad passed away, I was freed. I could... I could love him more, but my dad and I already, we corrected, like we had deep conversations years before he'd passed. He was the best man at my wedding. But when my mom passed away, she was, I was always a mama's boy. And so out of love for her, I, I guess I never could tell her how I really felt. And I could never tell her how, how some things really affected me. And I just chose not to do that. And then when she passed away, I remembered all this love about her, but I also, I also was left with a lot of, man, gosh, it was complicated, mm -hmm. you know? So that was a big thing for me this year. That was the high, a big high and a big low. Um, you know, the, you know, giving, you know, giving a Ted talk, you know, that was cute. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning like it was a, it was a fun little feather in the hat. Um, but it's really kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting to be in front of it and behind it. Huh? Oh yeah. Well, d <laughs> yeah, I, I, I loved it and hate it while I was doing it. Cause it took up a lot of time, yeah. you know, it just distracted me from a lot of things that I was doing, but I was, you know, I'm glad I did it. I don't take it back. And I, I still feel that I did my best job. Um, but looking back at it now, it actually was the best thing for me on a discipline standpoint because it made me really have to be structured on one thing 
while being really structured on a whole lot of other things. And so now that I've done it, I'm capable of taking it. Have you ever taken on a couple extra things that I shouldn't take it on? But after you took those things on, I'm being sarcastic if you can see me on I YouTube never, right now. I never, you guys, I never But then after the fact, <laughs> your capacity to take on more did yeah. increase yeah. just by the nature you stretched yourself. It's like a rubber band. It doesn't come back as like, so um, that I was very thankful for, very thankful for. Well, you've had some, I think, I feel like I have seen your identity change a little too this year. Oh, for sure, for sure. I'm, I'm, I, I don't remember ever being in this, this much of a. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know what I need to do, and no matter what I got to do to get there, I'm, I'm all about the long game. Like, I'm not trying to make a fast buck to try. Oh, if I could do this, I'll be this and that. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move it. And one of those things we just talked about the podcast. Um, this may sound juvenile and childish, but. I don't care. It may or may not. I don't know. I was talking to Heidi before the podcast started. I said, you know what, Heidi? Um, I, I think I'm ready to, to kind of play around with this whole social media thing a little bit more. Um, I realized that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are in need of the type of information that we talk about and I've talked about. And for my own reasons, I've, I've held back at putting my own personal stuff out there. But now it just it makes sense to me, you know. I doing the TED Talk really helped me in the discipline, but it also helped me like to take something really serious, you know. And I need I needed that challenge. It helps us with challenge. But it, what it really helped me do on the backside was it helped me put myself out there. Like people, it blows me away. It makes me feel a little uncomfortable when people recognize me from the podcast out in public, simply because. Even though I'm flattered and I like it, oh, I think it's great. It makes me feel uncomfortable because the podcast was never intended to be like, hey, what's up, David? Uh, you know, I want people to recognize me. It may seem like I'm very comfortable with that type of attention because I seem very flamboyant and I just off the top, you know, I just talk all the time, right? And I am comfortable <laughs> I'm talking. I'm shaking my head. Yeah. I am yeah. comfortable talking. <laughs> I don't mind being on video, I don't mind talking to a large group of people. But I knew this was going to be a little bit different because it's a little bit bigger reach with a TED Talk and this will be up there forever. And so the fear that I had to go through of, you know, like, can I really just be a person on a stage all by myself? Do I even need to do that to help people? And now after I've done that, I feel very confident. So in 2020, I'm now looking forward and excited about putting a bunch of tons of free content out there for parents on social media. And I'm committed to do that. And talking to Heidi, she's, you know, helping me come up with some ideas. And, you know, Brandon, our producer, has come up with a lot of ideas. So in a weird way, the guy who helps people manage their social media, and I'm always trying to be the best example, not get lost in that. Now I'm sitting there going, I'm going to try to see if I could use that to connect with people and, and get more information out there. And, yeah, obviously I do want to, you know, sell my parenting partnership. Um, I do want to, you know, to make money and support my family. But, man. Helping people, as you guys know, they're all listening to this. Whatever you do for a living, when you help other people and you see that like light bulb, like I didn't get that, and you're like, oh, this is easy for me. Like I have value here. It does excite me and makes me looking forward. I'm so looking forward for 2020 that um, I'm more curious, like you said, than I'm scared. Like I'm not scared. I'm not nervous. And that's what the TED Talk and these other things. And we've spoke so much in these past couple years now, and I've been speaking so much more that I'm just like, you know, this will be fun. I look forward to seeing our listeners at events. I look forward to um, interacting more with people. I've said, you know, in other podcasts, I really kind of, I don't really like talking about this stuff. Like when I'm not in my professional realm, 
I just kind of get uncomfortable. I, I'm scared that people are going to take me away from my family because I get how stressed parents are. And I also get that when someone has my attention, you get all of my attention. Like you don't come and sit across from me in a counseling session. I'm on my phone. I'm like dilly dallying, la la la. And I'm just like, la la la. I mean, I don't even think about anything else in the world except I'm like, yeah. what? Are you kidding me? Are you what? I'm the best hype man. I'm like, are you serious? Like, let's go. All right, I'll tell you how I handle the situation. <laughs> like, let's do it. Like, I love having people's back. Yeah. But I'm just excited now. I, I get to figure out how to do that with people I don't really know that much in the podcast. So I want to thank Light the Fight and Light the Fight listeners and you, Heidi, in the podcast because I'm so thankful for what this has done for me. Just being comfortable, just being me. Yeah. I never believed that anyone would take my stuff serious if it wasn't they had to be in a horrible situation and they tried everything else. And so now well, I'm believing that. that is still a situation. That's still a scenario, <laughs> but, you know. Well, you know, we kind of wanted to um, to talk for a second just about goals as we're going into a new year. A lot of people, whether you like it or not, whether you're a resolution person or not, like you can't help but thinking, okay, this is a fresh start. What's What does... What I learned from this last year, what do I want to change? What can I do better? Um, and David kind of shared shared one little hack, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna let him share that. I'm going to give my little Heidi note before you share your. What she's gonna tell you? She's hack. definitely gonna do this. <laughs> you know, no, it's not video. Drilling. But she's about as excited about this as she is video drilling. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm gonna say is. Sometimes we go in and uh, I, and I'm a goal, I'm a goal setter. I really am a believer in goal setting. And it's another something that I haven't been very good at in the last few years. Um, and I kind of have sat down and started to write some actual goals. And instead of kind of looking at myself and saying, these are the, the areas that I really feel like I'm failing in, and so I want to do better, which has really kind of actually always been my yeah. approach. Um, th the note that I want to share and the way that I approach my goals for 2020, I'll let you know how it goes next year, is instead of looking at where I feel like I'm lacking, I'm looking in the places that I feel curious in, which is kind of why I brought that up. Um, David's taught us a lot about curiosity this year in the podcast and about how motivating curiosity is. So really ask yourself, what are you feeling curious about? And if we can come to this from a curiosity standpoint, allow curiosity to be a motivator, then we won't let shame be a motivator, which sometimes shame can be a motivator, um, which kind of is in that fear kind of category. And when you feel like the things that you suck at, maybe money management or weight management or, you know, making meals for your family. <laughs> Whatever your shame is, that's kind of where I have usually gone for this is what my goals are to, to take my shame away. But we, I believe I'm going to get a lot further 
when I set my goals in my curiosity? Well, um, a little suggestion slash hack, if you may. Um, most people I talk to, and I think most people would agree that the are one of our largest motivating factors um, tends to be what like for goals, like what we want to achieve the next year. If we look at what's behind it, a lot of those things are to benefit other people. So a lot of our goals, like if you want to say, "Hey, I want to get better at cooking," you know, get preparing home cook healthy meals. <laughs> well, if that's your goal, that benefits other people. That's why you're doing it. Now it makes gonna, them stop shaming you. Yeah, it <laughs> makes you it makes you feel better that you could check the box. Well, hopefully, it makes them stop shaming. But hope's not a strategy. Remember. Uh, <laughs> So it, it makes you feel better if you know that you're that you have some sort of investment into the betterment of your loved ones. So if we're doing so many things for our loved ones, wouldn't it make sense that our loved ones get to weigh in a little bit on the things that are we should be working on and important on? Um, I, I remember for a time, I don't know why I got away from this, but I called it group goals for a little while. Uh, so I had this idea. So a lot of my ideas like normal come from working with other families and you know, necessity is the mother of all invention, right? Or I'll be listening to podcasts. I gotta make a t-shirt for you that says that. <laughs> I'll be listening to a podcast, and the podcast is not about anything that happened to do with parents and families, but some concept is relative to what I'm doing, then that takes me down. I'm just, I'm an engineer of emotions. I'm trying to engineer emotions to be aligned with people so that they can connect, right? How do I get people to connect? That's all I'm trying to do, because when people connect, their ability to come up with better solutions, to reason, they choose better vernacular for to express their feelings and to communicate about difficult situations. So if the majority of things that we're doing in life and the reason why we're setting our goals are to benefit other people, why not consult with the people we're hoping for our goals to benefit on helping us create the goals? Hmm. So I was listening to this podcast and Shaquille O'Neal, for most of you probably have heard of him, if not, um, you know, legendary basketball player, you know, Shaq Diesel, Shaq Diesel, big funny guy, and just great bigger than life personality. Well, he's on this podcast and he said something really blew my mind. I never heard of anyone doing this, but it makes total sense. The guy was interviewing him and saying like, what are some of your secrets to success? He said, I have this, um, something council. I forget what he called it. Basically there's about eight people. I think that were in his life that had been in his life for a long period of time. One is his father, one's his best friend, another was a mentor, a former coach. These were people that only knew each other because of him. A lot of times these weren't people that were like just his family members. I mean, white, black. I mean, he was, I mean, a lot of these people were famous. I'm like, wow, this is a quite wide array of people, different ages. And he said, I never make an important life decision without consulting with the council first. I was like, Consulting with the council. This guy's worth more than everyone on that council. Hmm. And that was the key to his success. Because when you're in a position where you're having lots of attention, when you're in a position where lots of people are telling you what you want to hear, he found out it was hard to get really good feedback. And he was making decisions a lot of time, what he thought was a good idea, but he wasn't consulting with people that had to deal with his ideas. He was consulting with people that had to live with him, that had to watch him go down these paths that weren't successful. So he created his council. He goes, you are my people. I'm going to consult. He took everything that everybody said, took that in consideration before he made his final decisions. 
So what I did was it was about this time of year and some parents like always like, I want my kids to set goals. I want them to do this. I want to do that. And I said, okay, well, do you think they want you to set some goals too? Well, yeah. And I know what they'd want. They'd want me to change this and that. And so for <laughs> most exactly people, I, said, I can tell you right yeah, now that's what they exactly want me to do. But for most people, you wouldn't think to consult your critics about <laughs> what you should work on. With good reason. But maybe. Don't read the comments. But maybe <laughs> not all these people that have been critical of you are actually your critics. Maybe they're scared. Maybe they're fearful for you. Maybe they just want you to be more relaxed and not freak out so much. And they have ideas. Can't blame them. Can't they have blame. ideas like get better sleep, eat healthier that you do not want to hear because you know that those are true. But there's something about the psychology of human beings when we go and ask someone to weigh in on our situation and we give them a specific initiative, would you please comment on this? Sometimes we say, hey, give me some of your advice how I think I'm living my life. You could get way more than you asked for. So what I had some of these parents do, and this is a great relationship building tool um, and modeling tool for parents. They went to their kids. They went to their partners, their spouses, a couple best friends. They'd have them pick about five people and they'd go to these people and said, I need you to do me a favor. Instead of doing the normal New Year's resolutions, goal setting, this, and that, and the other, I wanted to ask a, a group of trusted family members and friends of mine, what are the things that you've learned about me, the things that you know are important to me, the things that you see me striving for? I want this. I, you just know my whole life is really based around these things. What are, if you had to pick two things that you think that I want to work on, the things that would actually be beneficial to me, Share those two things with me, maybe a little bit of detail, and I'm going to help. I'm going to take that information to help me come up with my 2000, whatever it was this year, 2020 um, goal list for this year. And then I'm going to look at it at the end of the next year. And I've just been doing this for a couple years now, and I didn't do it with everybody because there's some parents that I'm like, they're just not in that place to do that. But for those of you who are, I can tell you there's some great feedback that I've gotten. And some interesting feedback was the first feedback was, the the advice or the the suggestions were not as critical as they thought they'd be. In fact, they're structured in a very helpful way because when you're asking someone to give you information, you're not saying, hey, tell me all the things you hate about me. Right. You're <laughs> saying, help me. I need your help. One mom, like you, was having some mom goals things to, to I forget if it's cook better meals, whatever it may be, ask their kids, and the kids all... I mean, without a doubt, everybody agreed on this one thing that she needed to do for her self-care. Want to take a guess? Because she was like, I need to have the house cleaned a certain way. I need to do this. Like she had all these like to-do list types things that she wanted to work on. And they had only one thing that all the kids said, this is the one thing we want you to do, mom. We want you to hire a maid. One day a month. She's like, wait, what? They said, yeah, you work too hard on cleaning the house. If you work so hard, shouldn't you be rewarded with that? And they all pitched in a mm. couple bucks. The youngest kid in the family, out of the chores list, because they got paid like just 10 bucks or whatever, the youngest kid in the family put like a dollar in. One of the older kids who didn't live in the house were like, I'll pay for the whole thing. <laughs> Point was, they all pitched in a little bit of money because the mom had such bad mom guilt Hmm. about she's like no we're not a rich family I can't get a maid and like trust me it's different nowadays a lot of people can afford maids <laughs> every now and then but here's what it was that one day the whole entire month she would have never put that on her list I'm not deserving of it 
I was taught that if you're a good mother, it means you have to clean. She had all these like crazy manifestos and ideas about her life that nobody thought was working for her. And she said after a couple months of doing it, she actually found out some money so that she could afford it two times a month. Because if she did it two times a month, it freed her up to do more things. Hmm. So this was just one of those things where if it wasn't for the kids suggesting seeing what's happened to her and them all coming to her saying, we actually think this, well, they didn't collectively, they just happened to all suggest something similar. And then they talked amongst themselves, you should do that. They didn't pay for the whole maid, but the fact that they put a little money into it and she saw that they're invested in it, she would have never came up with that idea. And that sparked her also going to a friend. She talked to her husband and people were giving her good suggestions. You know, I can see why it would be scary to ask your kids for suggestions. Absolutely, because we get <laughs> criticism from them. But think about this. This is the modeling part. It's equally scary for them to ask us for suggestions. Hmm. Why would our teenagers come and ask us for suggestions how to run their life if we're always telling them how to run their life? If we go to them and say, you know what? You have better insight and information. You see me in all these different areas. What are some things that you think would benefit me to focus on? You may need to be specific. I want, what are some things that help me with my stress about the house? What are some things about my own personal, like just ideas and just la la la. You will find. Well, the reality is that most of, the, most of the harsh criticism comes in anger. Like, exactly. <laughs> that was my point. That's when it comes when they're pissed, they're tired. But if you tell them, hey, give me this information, think about it a little bit. I want to kind of do this for the new year. Start off. The people that did this, I did not have one person that didn't have a surprisingly shocking response from a family member or a friend that inspired them to put something on their things to work on that year that they would have never seen themselves. This kind of gives me heart palpitations. Like, I yeah. don't feel excited to do this. I know. But I think. Well, I can see the value. Wasn't 2019 the perfect year to set this up, though? Look where they're all I mean, at now. Maybe. <laughs> what, what I meant as far as they're all changing themselves. Yeah, yeah. In the course of change, you know what you recognize? How difficult it is for other people to change. We always say it here, like game recognizes game. When you're trying to make self-progression and when you're trying to work on something and someone acknowledges that, that feels so good. But usually people that acknowledge it are doing the same to some degree. I wonder if I could really handle doing this. Well, there's a way you could find out. Remember <laughs> you said you're curious? You're wanting to exercise curiosity? I don't know if I'm not curious. Guys, I'm going to look at the camera for a second. You guys, you guys feel what I'm saying here? Like, Think about this. It would be nerve-wracking. Nerve because the parents who did do it, they said, I'm scared to do this. Or I know what they're going to say. Everyone was wrong. I love it when we think something is a guaranteed outcome and we're wrong. When we're wrong on what people will tell us. Now, sometimes people said some things. I knew they won that. But if it's collective from a spouse, a friend, a parent, a child, and they're kind of all saying okay. similar things. I'm going to try it. I'm scared. Yeah. Because the critic in me, the Heidi critic, is harsh. Well, I'm going to get you guys, I'm going to put my skin on the table. I'm going to do this with my wife and my kids, and I'm going to come, well, let's report it at the new year. Okay. Let's report it how it went. I'm going to talk to my wife. My Even though my kids are young, they've been giving me some amazing feedback that I didn't <laughs> ask for recently. Maybe you could ask Brandon. What my daughter think? one morning said, Dad, because she's off track, she said, Dad, I love 
you know, being home at you with you in the mornings. Like I love our conversations. By the way, all morning long for two hours, I didn't talk to her once. I'm just telling you, I was working. When I said didn't talk to her, well, she and I didn't have a conversation. I was getting ready finally at the end of the morning to get ready to come to work, whatever. She walked in the bathroom when I'm doing my hair because, you know, that takes a while. Hello. Anyways. Um, you can tell. I got it down to a sign. So. No, um, <laughs> so she comes in. We were talking for like five minutes. And she looks at me. She goes, Dad, I love being home in the morning and spending these, these good conversations and talks with you. And she smiled at me. Guess what I did first thing the next morning? Had a conversation with her. <laughs> the very first thing. And I put my work aside. I don't know if she did this on purpose, <laughs> but it worked. He, he got the, he got the notification. Yeah. So I got the notification, but it touched me in the way where I want to make her proud. If me talking in the morning made her happy, then I got the message. Yeah. So it makes our kids and our loved ones happy when we're saying you mean so much to me, your opinions and your advice, even though they need to be filtered, Sometimes <laughs> too much information. <laughs> it is the most important perspective that I need to hear. Mm-hmm. You cannot trust your own perspective because our own, well, we can't always trust our own perspective because it can be tainted with intense emotions and securities and fears. But if we have people around us that are, are there around us and we ask them for that information, it teaches them that they are valuable, they are good resources, and it helps them practice how to give information without being overly critical. Because no one's going to ask you for your input over and over again if you're a jerk every time you say the things that you want them to change. So give your kids an opportunity. See what comes up from it. I really love to hear when my clients tell me, wow, this, is ple- this was surprising. They say, like, Heidi, I was scared. And the weirdest thing happened. My kids were telling me to get a maid. <laughs> and then I got one and I liked it. She was so embarrassed. I can't tell my friends. My friends are going to make fun of me that, that that I'm some rich person, this and that. But secretly, she enjoyed it. And it freed up a course, little bit of her time. Yeah. It's just a simple little thing. Interesting. Well, uh, now I'm scared. But I do. I listen to. I can hear. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Even though it kind of makes me nervous. I have I have some critical kids. <laughs> I have some highly opinionated people. You know when the opinions are worse? When they're circling around, I'm pointing my head right here, and they're circling around the dome, and they don't get to be said. They get vengeful. They get, they're like, oh, she can't handle the truth. Well, she needs to do this. Well, I'm so mad. If next time she says, I'm going to say this to her. Because you do the same thing with your kids. <laughs> Everybody does. Like, oh, We all have conversations with people when they're not there. And then they say this, I'm going to do yeah. that. And then this can happen. Well, I know they're going to say this. This is just a great example to say, hey, you know what? You don't even talk about past criticism. I need your help. Okay. That's a statement. going to like, I need your help. And once they realize it's not with chores, <laughs> it's with getting you information about things you could work on to help you set goals. I've never had a kid, well, at least the people I told us to do this, that didn't have their kids give them feedback. <laughs> It okay. works. <laughs> okay, well then we're going to report back. Okay. We'll let you guys know if you guys are brave enough to try it. We'd love to hear what happens in your household. <laughs> um, and like I said, you can call it this. I and don't now know. you got to be just curious. I like, to, I I like curious. to label things, and I don't know if I still want to call it this, but I've always just called it group goals. Just yeah, kind of like, cool. like the best, you know, you're trying to please a group. Well, shouldn't the group have a voice and some sort of ability to weigh in on the things yeah. that you're going to be planning to do into an act to help them? Yep. C- conversation is always better. Always better. So, 
All right, you guys, we're going to sign off from here. That's right. Once again, thank you for listening to the end of 2019. Woo, we did it. And um, we'll see you on the flippity, flippity flip in 220, 2020. All right. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for helping us to light the fight. I thought those were two big, good nuggets. Good. Yeah. Good. Hey, Brandon, um, I've noticed in the last two episodes that something's jacked up on the music going in. So you need to check it. Cool. Because I'm wondering if you're cut, copying and pasting something that's got a little, and it's in the, it's in the little exactly disclaimer. It's like a little. It's crossing a over little, the music's in the disclaimer? No, no, no. It's like the disclaimer does like a, like a blip. And then there, and then it does it again. Hmm. So listen to the last two episodes because it happens on both of them. Okay. Just on the very, very beginning. Sweet. Next time, first time you notice that, because I just skip past the first time and just get right like into the episodes uh-huh. and listen to it. Um, and actually, I didn't notice it until Colton told me, and I was like, okay. "Wait, why are you listening?" Right. To- just let him know because I try to let him know all the.